Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, everyone. If you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10. That's podcast10 to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. And now to the top analysis of today's markets. How do you navigate the chop? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Mish Schneider, Chief Strategist at MarketGage.com. Hi, Mish. It's great to see you. Nice to see you too, Maggie. End of a long week. I know. We both joked that we're limping to the finish line. And Roy already posted that everyone's working really hard. We are, Roy, as are all of you. And we're all here to help each other. So hopefully can we, we can do that. And I love ending the week with Mish. Um, because you can talk about anything, and we're going to try to sort of make our way around some of these um, some of these markets. And so, if we look at the action, even just today, you know, we talked about the chop because you know it it is like it, you know investors are dealing with a lot right now, right? So we saw stocks end lower. It was there weren't huge losses, a third for the Dow, quarter for the Nasdaq, and a little bit less for the S and P. But investors clearly. Uh, reacting negatively to news that the debt ceiling talks broke down in Washington. Um, you've got bond yields, little change. They they and the dollar seem to be keying off the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, sounding a little bit more dovish, uh, you know, in remarks he made today. So there's just a lot to a lot to try to absorb. Um, everyone's trying to handicap both political risk and the Fed, and they're both really hard things to to take into consideration. So I don't know, Mish, how are you how are you feeling about these markets? Well, last time I was on with you, we talked about the fact that um, it looked like a couple of things were in place and that we could potentially see the rally that we actually saw this week. Mm -hmm. One was that um, certain things like junk bonds, even though they have been weak, they've been outperforming the long bonds. That's a risk on situation. Uh, in fact, at one point this week, every risk factor that we look at was 100% risk on, which was amazing considering, as you say, all of the news that this market is trying to digest. And that's really because at this point, and this is again what we talked about, is it possible that in this stagflation trading range environment, that the economy and all the news that's coming out about the contraction of the economy actually is already baked in and that will hit some kind of low as a support area, as we're seeing in areas like the retail sector and the Russells. And that will be the bottom of the range. And what we've seen in the SPY, which literally went to the top of the range today, and that's it. We could extend a little further down. We can extend a little further up. But what we're really seeing is that we're stagnating, which means no deep recession, no deep depression, as some are saying, more like blah stagnation, 
And yet inflation, which, you know, we were looking for major inflation to come in. And now here we are five months later, and we'll take a look at the CRB chart in a moment. Uh, is that ready, getting ready to click, kick, kick into gear for the more inflation part of the stagflation? And we know while people are trying to handicap all these situations, what we hear here is as soon as things get chaotic, that's inflationary. Mm. So I kind of think if you anticipate that we're going to be in chop and you're very patient in terms of picking your spots, in terms of hitting support, right away you know where you're wrong, and selling as you get closer into resistance, that's really where you're going to make money. And then you're going to get bonuses like AI and NVIDIA and Meta and Google and Microsoft that all rallied. And that would be evidence too, because they will clear these key areas like they have done and get some follow through. I, I like the way you describe that, because I know one of the things you talk about all the time when you come on is having strategy, right? And it seems like that's really important right now. Well, yes, absolutely. I, you know, th this, this has been a tough year and, and that's the good news for many because I think people are starting to understand that you trade differently and you need an education in a strategy in a tough year. And I always say, if you learn how to trade in a tough year, you're gonna be golden in a good year. But it's also the bad news because it's so frustrating when you're trying to figure out is this bullish or bearish? Mm -hmm. And in essence, it's really both. In, in terms of where you are in, in this in this range. So the strategy is everything. Know when you're wrong, take advantage of when you're right, be patient in between. Yeah, you know, it's funny, you were talking about stagflation and we will get to commodities in a moment. Um, and since it's Friday, I'm not sure if Trillinex is with us, but I'm laughing if he's not, because every time he asked about stagflation, no matter who's on, and we're finally talking about it, and I have a feeling <laughs> that he's out enjoying his Friday night. So we'll have to replay it for him. But, you know, you mentioned you mentioned the, the sort of frustration. You know, Raul was on yesterday for the DB, and he was talking about tech. You just mentioned that, the names that are on fire, right? NVIDIA, a lot of the AI, the enthusiasm around AI. And he was sort of joking, calling it the rally that everyone loves to hate. Um, and we heard that same sentiment a little bit from Michael Nicoletis, uh, the, the CEO of DeFi Advisors. Andrea sat down with him for the latest installment of Buy Side Meet Sell Side. Let's hear a clip from that and then we'll talk on the other side. I think what we're seeing right now, uh, we're seeing the markets discounting that inflation is coming down, thus discounting that the Fed and the ECB will stop raising rates sooner rather than later. And thus the market is seen through and it's moving higher. Now that's happening with low volume because of the fact of, uh, of actually let me define this low cash volume in terms of real equity because the options market is very, very active. And as you see people not believing in the rally for all the right reasons. But again, the market's moving on the other on the other side. And I, and I think this rally will continue because as it moves higher, the formal or the underperformance is forcing active managers to chase the market, which would force it even higher. I think that if we get a correction, which I think we will, the correction, it will be later in the year, probably in the fall. And that full interview and the show, which is monthly, runs on our plus tier. If you want to become a member or upgrade, just hit the QR code and you can go ahead and do that and jump on a trial. Um, Mish, how much is sentiment, that idea of 
people, it's been such a tough year and people chasing that because they weren't in it, especially some of the professional managers. How much does sentiment like that play a role here? Well, there's certainly areas of history we can look at as an example. Of course, the most blatant one in recent times would be the dot-com bubble, where everybody put dot-com at the end of their name and everybody was afraid of missing the boat. And maybe the original FOMO occurred right then. And of course, we know what happened. Now, I don't necessarily feel the same way about this in that um, companies with very low balance sheets that were really basically have nothing much to offer other than it was taking uh, advantage of the internet boom is going to happen with AI or with Meta or with Microsoft. I mean, these are very well-established companies. But what we do know is that there's a great image that I keep in my mind all the time, and that's the rubber band image. And when a rubber band gets too stretched, and we've seen this over and over and over again in so many different examples, eventually that rubber band snaps. And so you have to say, chasing at this point is making a, an assumption that will never get a correction in any of these stocks, that the PE ratios that are starting to explode in these areas are warranted, and that you know AI is basically going to be the only place that we can go to see any kind of economic growth or to make money in the market. And I think all those assumptions are erroneous to make. So um, I, I believe that, yes, when you get too crowded, the, and this is exactly what happened in gold, by the way, because the gold market rallied, rallied. People were like, oh, that's it. Gold's going to 2,200, 2,300, 2,400, the, 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 the calls were becoming insane. Everybody who hadn't bought gold earlier was getting in, and we could see what happened. It just went, <laughs> now that doesn't mean it won't come back, but really basically what it proves is that things get crowded, they sell off. Good opportunity to get back in with a better risk. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. So especially if you're short term, watch out. This is where the time frame matters. Longer term, maybe you wait for an opportunity if you have it to add. You know, these are all things that you have to decide based on your situation. Colin bringing up a really good point. We've heard this time and time again with with so few stocks driving indices higher. Can investors be bullish at the moment? Does the narrow nature of the rally? Is that a, is that a, a, a cause of concern for you? Well, I don't think that it pays to be bullish or it pays to be bearish. This is exactly the point. I think it pays to be opportunistic and open-minded right now. And that's what the name of this game is, clearly. You know, again, let's go back to history. I love looking at certain aspects of history, even though everything is different, you know, the old square peg round hole. But we had a peak in uh, 2000 after the dot-com bubble. And then we had a huge throw down. And anybody who bought near that peak thinking the market was going to go up obviously had to wait because we had another rally in 2008, but it wasn't as high 
as the peak in 2000. Then we had even a deeper trough down. So it really wasn't until 2013 that we took out those highs and people started to make money who bought near the top. And I don't see any, why this would be any different. We had a peak of 4,800 in the SPY in the very beginning of 2022. And that's the point. Is it going to take a year, two years, three years, four years, five years? 10 years, 13 years, look at Japan. There's inches from finally clearing the high peak that they had in the late 80s. And that's how you have to go into this market is you have to say everything has changed. So maybe it's not .com, maybe it's not a mortgage crisis, but in this case, it's the accelerated rate of how the Fed had to hike the interest rates in order to fight a runaway inflation that was caused by so many uh, aspects of of things like government spending and uh, producers being short in terms of how much they produced in raw materials and labor issues and supply chain. All of that has made this a unique situation, which means that the happy days that we saw after all the stimulus money, it's going to take a long time to work that out. And that's a very long way to say that I I would be bullish near term if certain things set up. And certainly we kind of got there, right? Last time we talked, a little bit bullish, right? The Qs, the Mm -hmm. semiconductors, certain areas, even the Russell's held key support. At this point now, though, we had a really interesting precipice. So maybe we should show a couple of those charts and talk. Yeah, about sir. Pull up what it, pull, pull up what you want us to look at. Brian's well, standing let's, by. Let's start with the good news, and that would be the the uh, cues and the spy chart. Okay, so you know, I really think that one of the issues with this market is that people are getting so far into the weeds. Are we going to have a debt ceiling? They walked out today. It was Fed, was Powell hawkish today or was he dovish today? You know, Janet Yellen, she's talking about bank mergers. Does that mean we're going to have more defaults in the banking? If you start going there and try to become an analyst in terms of what's being fed to you by these stats and by the media, you're going to lose your mind. So I really want to make this simple. Okay, and don't confuse simplicity with ignorance because some people do. No, it's actually the years of experience that I've discovered sometimes simple is better or less is more, as they say. So I've really narrowed it down. And I explained a little bit about this uh, before, but a quick explanation. There is a a thing, and and, and there was a couple of economists throughout the years, even in the 1800s, who talked about these mini business cycles within bigger business cycles. And what's really, really amazing to me right now is that the blue line you're seeing in the queue and the spy chart is a 23-month moving average, just shy of a two-year business cycle. And the green line is an 80-month moving average, about a six or seven-year business cycle, which is kind of the norm. So we are seeing after 2021 bullish, 2022 bearish, we're in the midst of this short-term business cycle. And we don't know which way yet it's going to resolve, truly. But my guess is if we look at the cues right now, we've expanded outside of that 23-month. Now, it's not the end of May. It could sell off in the next two weeks, of course, and that would be the end of that. It would be a false breakout. But I'm not saying wait necessarily two weeks, but what it's suggesting right now is that the growth area of the market is solid. Mm. The S&P 500, on the other hand, is right at the top of that trading range right now, right at 
the precipice of that 23-month moving average, two-year business cycle. So the 500 stocks, those Fortune 500 companies are going, hmm, maybe the worst is over, but we're not quite there yet. Now let's go to the next two, which would be the IWM and the XRT. Completely different picture, right? So you look at these two charts. And now, forget the 23-month. We're nowhere near the 23-month. In fact, if anything, what the 23-month proved was that it was great resistance for the small caps, right? Mm -hmm. So that's 2,000 stocks, 2,000 companies within the U.S. That's really where we're seeing the contraction. And retail was kind of hanging in. Today was a really bad day for the retail space because we had dismal earnings in, in uh, Dick's Sporting Goods and Foot Locker. And that is really also bearing the brunt right now. So now, as we're looking at potential expansion in growth and in Fortune 500 companies, we're looking at possibly more contraction by that 80-month moving average or that six to seven-year cycle, which it has not been below except for the blip during COVID for years and years. Mm. And, and if there's anything that explains how confusing it is, it's looking at these four charts. Certainly the granddaddy of the US economy and certainly the consumer is gonna drive what happens next in this economy. And it's not going to be AI. We're not there yet where it's gonna be able to say, okay, nobody has to work anymore. And don't worry about shopping because AI is gonna take care of everything. I mean, that's kind of absurd. Mm -hmm. but it may get there. It doesn't grow food, that's for sure. So, so there you go. And and I think if we hold here, we certainly proved better to this week in the Russells that it held. And if granny retail can absorb these latest earnings and look forward as opposed to back and hold here, then we know we're going to be a little bit bullish for a while until such time that the Russells get to the 23 month, don't get to the 23 month, or get a little bit closer to the 23 month and then roll over. And then I don't care what's happening in the spies and the cues. It'll be really, really hard for them to continue moving up. So interesting. I love that because you really can. It gives you a clear visual mesh to sort of cut through some of the other mixed signals we're seeing. And some of it be is because some of it's very backward looking and some of it is more forward and present. Uh, so. Let's do CRB too, since we're here and kind of round out the macro. I want to make sure we leave time though, because you've got some really interesting picks. So we'll leave, this will be the last sort of, well, should we do CRB or should we do dollar? Which do you want to let's do? Let's talk about the dollar for a Okay, let's do dollar. Because I have a dollar gold chart there. Okay. You know, we have a, a question about gold, so let's do yeah, that. Okay. Well, a lot of people are saying, well, the dollar went up. That's why the gold went down. And we know that that relationship is wonky. It's not pure. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I want to show the dollar is because um, after this dramatic drop that we had, let's look at that two-year business cycle, right? That 23 months, look where it stopped, right on it. I've never seen a moving average work as good as this one has in so many instruments this year. And so you can see that it stopped right dead and it's had a bounce. Now, I happened to talk to somebody recently who lived in China for years. And he told me about a book that was written called Strategic Warfare in 1998 by two men who were Chinese. And they said that the strategic plan of the Chinese, China, has been to get the yuan as the world's reserve currency. They don't think like the US, knee-jerk reaction, mm, what's happening in the news now. They are long-term planners. 
And we know that the buzz around that has gotten a lot greater in terms of the yuan. Um, I spoke with a, 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 a pretty big family in uh, India. The rupee is now being uh, used to buy oil instead of the dollar. We know, and then eventually they could be switching to the yuan. Anyway, the point is this. The dollar right here, in spite of all that news, just goes to show you how news can sometimes be so lagging, is holding key support. That doesn't mean it'll fail. If it does, this gold chart next to it, which also is above the 23-month moving average, ran into this great resistance. You can see if you look back, the hot three highs, three big spiky highs we've had are all around the same level. Now, this is GLD. It's not gold futures, but it's okay. It's close enough. So that tells me very simply that we're still in a big uptrend in gold, but that doesn't mean we can't see a little bit of a dip here, but I would still consider that. And we, I think this is exactly what I said last time, so I'm going with it. If you're not long gold, you either have to wait for a more substantial dip, maybe to around 1970 in terms of futes, maybe to this, it would be more closer to like 178, 180, or I would just get in over those highs and not worry about it because it's telling you that things are really getting chaotic and out of control. And that's what gold is measuring right now. And the dollar is hanging in there with some level of optimism that all this crap isn't going to occur. Yeah. So Bob was uh, asking, what is your favorite way to express the gold trade? Well, you know, it's funny. For years and years and years and years, I've been trading ETFs for a lot of the commodities. And I started out as a futures trader for 14 years. And it's kind of dawned on me recently as I've been looking more and more at futures chart that I actually would like to go back to futures trading. And so if you can, same rules apply. Mm -hmm. Risk reward, moving averages, opening ranges, all this stuff that we could talk about more in the future. The point is pick a strategy, have a strategy, and don't do what many futures traders do, which is first of all, average down, number one, or number two is sit with deep, deep losses. It's not necessary. These commodities will continue to be volatile. And I think we should probably move to the CRB chart next because that's a good segue. Okay, let's do it. Let's hit that if you have that, Brian. So what do you so this is a this is the overall commodity index, a good overall right. basket. What are you what are you watching here? Because that boy, that certainly when it comes to if energy feeds into it, the energy trade has been very disappointing for people. So what are we looking at here? Well, you know, and this is this is when I started out this year, my talk about my real vision, my real clear vision was a stagnating economy and a super cycling commodities. Well, here we are in May, five months later, and people are going, oh, Miss, you were so wrong. We are going into deflation. We are going into disinflation. And I'm saying, you know, no, I am patient. This is commodities. And the, and the proof that people are saying that the reason why there's not going to be any super cycle in commodities is because the CRB is at 52-week lows. So that's why I thought, oh, man, this is going to be a real interesting chart to have a look at right now. Because energy has picked up this week. Possible XLE, the ETF for energy, has bottomed. Oil, all right, it's not wowing anybody. But it's very close to potentially breaking out. And people are saying, oh, recession oil is going to go down. But yet we also are seasonally going into a higher usage. Consumption could increase. Not to mention all the other geopolitical stuff, which we're not going to get into. But more importantly is at this 52-week low, a couple of things have happened. One is we've had a mean a reversion, which means basically that the momentum is holding a key moving average and is moving back up. Number two is we possibly, just like we've seen in these uh, IWM and XRT charts, is we've 
potentially gotten down to a very key area of support, holding the October lows, and it looks like a double bottom could be forming. So I'm looking at numbers with the CRB. If you like to look at the CRB index, to me, it looks like if we get through 265. So you see what I'm talking about? We're kind of near those March lows. I shouldn't say even October lows. It was higher in October. That's why I like to look at a chart because it's a lot to memorize every chart. Um, but anyway, right here, March lows, pardon me for that. And on the bottom is the real motion chart showing that we've actually now held the 200. Look how far down the 200 day moving average is in price versus where it is in momentum. So if the momentum starts to move up and we get through that sort of Bollinger Band on the price chart, which is at around 265, we actually start to look more like a double bottom. And that would put me very keen in starting not only to continue to look at gold, but some of the other commodities and particularly the energy commodities that have been so beaten up but may actually come to, to back into the forefront as we get into the second half of this year. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Yeah, so that, that's a little bit further out that play. Um, okay, I, I want to get to some of your uh, some of the trades that are interesting for you. Um, and this is what Mitch is interested in. This isn't necessarily investment advice for you. As we always say, regular viewers, you know this, only you can know your risk profile. So I just want to put that caveat out there. But um, I love these. I have to start with the one that really caught my eye, Formula One. <laughs> so the ticker yeah. is F-W-O-N-A. What, what and there's also F-W-O-N-K, by the way. There are actually two tickers oh. for this, right? Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, I, and that's something I just learned. I mean, you, it, it, this is such an interesting business to be in because you can learn something every single day. Um, and so, so we can put yeah. the charts up. I'm just going to rifle through because I don't know if we're going to get just a chance to talk fast. all about okay. Formula, Formula One. Right. So Formula One. Think, wait, let me, let me say all of them first because we're going to put okay. the chart. I think they're all up okay. together. I'm not sure, right. but I think and, that might be. And like, I think I, I give you. We're matted together. Yeah. So okay. Formula One, lith a lithium ETF, Mosaic, and Vietnam. Those are the those are the areas that Mitch, Mitch likes. Yeah. I love Welcome, it. It's Welcome this to is the mind of Mish, right? It's like, <laughs> this <laughs> is why I started by saying Mish can talk about anything because right. this is a good indication of the fact, and and we love it. So Formula One, what do you all what right, do you buy in there? Okay, well, first of all, it is a hot hot sport. We have tons of money behind it. Ferrari, BMW. In Las Vegas, they're building a racetrack for the race that's going to be taking place, I think, there in November. Uh, unfortunately, Italy was just getting ready to have a Formula One, and then they had these massive floods in the town. But still, it's it, it to me, when things are horrible, what people do, you know, it used to be movies. Well, we know movies people don't go to so much because you can stream everything. And live action sports streaming is hot, hot, hot. I mean, WWE has been one of the hottest stocks around. Mm. So I think Formula One is a really growing field. In fact, Netflix... Um, is constantly now putting out information about certain Formula One drivers. Mm. Um, then next, if we go to the, to the right of that, lithium. Tesla just made a nice move off of its low, and Elon Musk is kind of like popular again because his recent interview put him back into the good graces. I mean, so much of it is popular opinion, right? So Tesla has rallied, even space rallied. Well, nothing in the EV space can exist without lithium. Now, I know lithium is very government controlled, but if you look at this chart here, and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go a little bit closer. Right now on a weekly chart, 
Um, it looks to me like uh, if we can break out over that 50-week moving average, we have a nice base forming at those lows at around 60. That gives me a point. And when I have a point and I have a story, then I know I have a risk. So we already are in. It closed right around where it needed to close. But I keep my eyes on that because it could actually go up further. And we saw a solar rally, solar energy rally this week. So I like that as a potential. Going bottom left, Mosaic is the dumpster dive trade. But somebody <laughs> told me, who, again, somebody who lives internationally, who's got his ear to the ground with a lot of people, is that fertilizer, and particularly potash, is something that's still in a shortage. So mm -hmm. it kind of goes with a potential super cycle theory, right? Mosaic landed right on the 200-week moving average. It's been beat to crap. And it, too, has an interesting... We actually... Truth be told, on the discretionary area, and by the way, I don't think want people to think that I only buy these kind of weird things. We have a whole quant system. We've been in Meta and in Nvidia. And of course, I mean, I right. think that yeah. we'll get into that. We'll get into that in the yeah, future. I just, I just want people yeah. to understand that this isn't. This is just something that I love because. I've, I've been good at it through the yeah. years. And, and, and you're nice enough to share it with us instead of just keeping it, you know, close to your chest because this is sort of also outside the, the box one, thinking that you're... Right. And I also know that I'm not tied to this. If I'm wrong, I have my stop and I get out and I look again. And certainly that's the case with Mosaic. So if there really is a fertilizer shortage and consumption is starting to grow, I just read that China's buying more wheat and corn from Brazil as opposed to the US as some other countries. It doesn't matter. Everybody needs fertilizer to grow stuff, right? So keep your eye on Mosaic. And then finally, this was my sleeper trade we never got to. I love this trade. This to me is a buy and hold trade. I feel like I, this has been like percolating with you for, I, I think we haven't gotten to, but I feel like you've been watching this for a while. You, you This is a longer term one you like, isn't it? Right. Full disclosure in it. Obviously, I wouldn't want to see it break 11 um, now that it's over 12. I so really this is the Vietnam, right? This, this is, is Vietnam. Vietnam. But, you know, Vietnam's got so many things going for it, besides the fact that it's kind of like a better place for U.S. to do some manufacturing because it's not China. It does have the advantage of cheap labor. I mean, that's not, a, you know, obviously that's unfortunate for people in Vietnam, but it just is what it is. Um, so they have infrastructure that's starting to grow. Um, and they have, you know, the, the ability to manufacture outside of Vietnam as well, uh, which is something that is, is an advantage to them in case things went awry. But I like Vietnam here. I think it's a long-term play. I think if we can get through, and again, I think I showed you a weekly chart there. Yes, that blue line, that's a 50-week moving average. I will be adding to that position. So those are kind of the four broad areas I'm looking at for more discretionary type tradings. In this I love it. I okay. love it. And um, and and so do some of our viewers are getting some fun comments about the eclectic mix. Um, <laughs> there are not many people who could pull pull something like this off, which is I absolutely adore. Um, can I just get some love for Nick too, for giving us those nice push-ins? I know sometimes Thank it's hard Nick. to see, but we have a, a band of of magicians behind the scenes, uh, always helping us out. So we love that. Um, as well as Brian, who I think is shaking down somebody in the chat for some drinks, but, um, that's how, it, that's how it goes. That's how we roll, especially on a Friday. Um, so I, we've got some other questions, but I'm going to hold off because it's 4:31. <clears throat> it's Friday. I'm about to lose my voice because of allergies and Mish oh. has been also, we're all been slamming it all week. So I want to let people go for their weekend, but, um, 
we'll 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 collect the questions that we didn't get a chance to answer and we'll roll them up next time because Mish is going to come back with us on the regular. Um, and so we'll get to what we didn't um, tackle today. So put them in your back pocket, come back with them again next time. Mish, we love you. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. I feel the same way about you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you for the hard work you do and for the support of me and for you audience for listening. Thank okay, you. Great, great stuff. So uh, listen, everyone, have a terrific weekend. Thanks so much. Raul dropped that we, we talked about this yesterday. If you were listening, Rao dropped his video about the changes coming uh, to RV, which we're super excited about to all members today. So if you hadn't had a chance to watch it, here's a little taste. Enjoy, take care and good luck out there. We built it for you and it's something that doesn't exist. It's AI, it's FinTech, it's Web3, it's macro, it's real vision. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.